God our Father and from the Lord Jesus, dear friends. I want to begin this morning by sharing a quote with all of you. Death has destroyed the mightiest of kings and emperors. It has broken into every home and has taken its toll of every human family. It has robbed every one of its victims of all his earthly possessions. It has filled this world with futile tears and helpless groans. It has snatched away for all eternity the hour of repentance that could have saved the godless. And it has inflicted pain on even the greatest of God's saints. Except for Enoch and Elijah, death has won every contest with life. There is no masking its ugliness, nor wishing away its awesome power. Those words come from a commentary that was written on this first letter to the Corinthians by the Apostle Paul. And I think they serve as really a very sobering and spot-on explanation to the words that we heard from the prophet Isaiah just a little bit earlier, where he compared death to a shroud that covers all peoples in this world. And here's the thing. Those words that I just read, they're all true. And so, death is feared in this world. Death is given an awful lot of respect in this world. Way more than it deserves. But we'll get to that later. There is a confusing sort of love-hate outlook that so many in our world have on death. For many, and probably most, death is hated. It's seen as that one great enemy. They beg for it to stay away. You might think of parents with a newborn child who is experiencing severe medical issues. They sit there helpless in the NICU, hoping against hope that death is not going to come. Or you might think of the family with the young mother who's being overcome by cancer. They can't believe that death is going to precede things like graduations, weddings, grandchildren. Death is that one enemy that, as the quote says, comes to visit every single home, every single heart, and every single life at one time or another. And so there are many people who fear it greatly, and they beg it to stay away. But then there are times when death is desired, when people wish that it would come. Here you might think of the elderly man 
who's watching as his wife is basically ruined by Alzheimer's or dementia. And he starts to wonder, wouldn't death be better? Or maybe the young patient diagnosed with bone cancer and the doctor tells them it's not going to be quick and it's not going to be painless. Wouldn't death be better? And it's not always even just those severe medical issues that bring about this desire. Sometimes death is viewed as the only escape from other seemingly hopeless situations in life. Maybe it's that horrible crime that someone has committed. And now it's going to be exposed and family and friends are going to learn about it. What are you going to do? Or maybe it's that gambling addiction that led to financial ruin and now you're going to lose your home. What do you tell your spouse? What do you tell your children? Or maybe it's the betrayal or rejection or even abuse that you suffer at the hands of someone that you dearly love and trust. How are you going to deal with that? Sometimes death seems like the best way out. See, that's what I mean by that confused sort of love-hate outlook that so many have on death. Sometimes people beg for death to stay away and at other times they beg for death to come. And that's because death is either viewed as the bitter end of all things or it is viewed as the best end of a bitter life. And so death is feared. It's given an awful lot of respect in our world. But today we see that death doesn't deserve so much respect. And not even so much fear. Listen again to what the Apostle Paul says. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Jesus' victory is the death of death. He is the only one who can change that confused love-hate outlook that so many in our world have when it comes to death. First of all, Jesus' victory makes it clear that death is not the bitter end. But it is still bitter. To say that Jesus' victory is the death of death doesn't mean to trivialize the grief and sorrow that death still inflicts in this world. Those scenarios that I described earlier are heartbreaking for believers and unbelievers alike. Because together we live in a world that's wrecked by sin, a world that's still shrouded by death. The victory that we celebrate today does not exempt us from the grief that comes in losing a loved one. 
The victory that we celebrate today doesn't immediately remove any and every fear that we might have when it comes to death. But it does assure us that death is not the bitter end. Writing to the Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul says, We do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. Jesus' victory assures us that those loved ones who have been taken from us by death are now with Him in life. His victory assures us that those loved ones whose company we are now missing will be in our company for all eternity. Thanks to Jesus, death is not the bitter end. This hope that we have in Him is the only thing that can begin to dry the tears or comfort the troubled hearts of those who have lost a loved one in the Lord or those who are facing death itself. But without this hope, all there is, all there would be, is bitterness. We celebrate this hope today because it was on this day that this glorious hope was declared to all the world. Paul says the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But see, Jesus' resurrection assures us that sin has been paid for, that all of the demands of the law have been fully met. Since He was living in our place and in the place of everyone, since He went to the cross to die for our sins and for the sins of all, then His resurrection is the proof that God accepted what He did on our behalf. His resurrection is the proof that this world's sin has been taken away. It's the proof that righteousness has been provided for all. And you see, where sin is gone and where righteousness covers us through faith in Jesus, then the only thing that remains for us as God's people is life. That's why Paul can say, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Jesus' victory is the death of death. For God's people, this fearful enemy has been impressed into the service of the King. And it now serves as the door that leads to everlasting life. Death is not the bitter end, thanks to Jesus. It is also not the best end to a bitter life. That's a lie that Satan wants people to believe. When sin and guilt, when shame and hopelessness overwhelm us and drive us to despair, Satan is going to be there holding out death as this kind of Savior. He's going to say, see look, here is quick and easy release from all the pain and darkness. And you know, all of the euphemisms that we use in our culture to describe death so that we don't have to speak about its ugliness only serves to bolster this lie that Satan tells. 
only serves to further convince people that maybe this is a good option out. But see, Jesus' victory tells us that He has something better, far better to offer. Not just escape from a world gone bad, but escape to a world where everything is good. But see, that comes only through faith in Him. And it comes at the time that He, in His wisdom, in His grace, determines. The Apostle Paul says, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. That's the outlook that the risen Lord Jesus gives to His people when we're thinking about death. What does this mean in practical terms? Well, I've sat with many families who've watched as loved ones have suffered in the hospital bed or in the nursing home room. And eventually the question is asked maybe quietly, is it okay if we pray for death to come? Visited with plenty of elderly people whose bodies are worn out. They don't hear very well. They don't see very well. They don't feel very well. And they say it out loud. Pastor, I wish I would die. And you see, in Jesus, that desire, that prayer, perfectly good. It's perfectly good when it's accompanied with this faith, with this cheerful acceptance of God's timetable rather than an arrogant demand of our own. It's good when it comes with the joyful recognition that it's not ultimately death that we're desiring, but eternal life with Him. That's what the Apostle Paul is talking about. I desire to depart, yes, but to be with Christ, which is better by far. He's not just describing escape from a world gone bad. He's confessing his confidence that through death, we escape to a world that's perfectly good. The world where we're with him forever. Jesus' victory over the grave also gives us the confidence, the resolve, the strength that we need to keep on going in this life when everything seems wrong, when everything seems lined up against us. Do you remember how the Apostle Paul put those two thoughts together in our verses? He said, God gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Jesus' victory assures us that the worst of our sins, and in fact, all of our sins, have been completely forgiven. That no matter who we are or what we've done, through Jesus we stand in God's grace every single day. And yes, there may be some consequences of sin that we still have to deal with here on earth, but we know that the ultimate consequence of sin that's already been dealt with 
with for us by Jesus. Christ's victory assures us that there is always hope in this life. There is nothing that we face that is so impossible, so horrible, that our Savior can't overcome it. He is the one who overcame Satan and death himself. Is there any problem that we face that's insurmountable to him? This victory that Christ won assures us that as we go about our lives in this world, we're never alone and never unloved. Close family and friends may disappoint us. They may even hurt us badly. But the one who gave his life in our place says, I will never leave you or forsake you. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And so we don't need to see death as the only escape. Because we have a living, loving Savior who holds us safe in His arms every single day. We have a living, loving Savior who has prepared for us a place at His side in all eternity. The Apostle Paul says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Jesus' victory is the death of death. And this is not a victory that we have to wait for. It's ours to enjoy already now. It's as certain as Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Thanks to His love and through faith in Him, we are joined with Him in life, both now and forever. That's His promise. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Christ is risen. And therefore, death is dead. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you.